asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking prime prescriptions, cheap dates, and stellar customer service. That's right. This is our Friday flight. And you know who the Friday flight is for, Joel? It's for all the folks who didn't have the time to read every single news story that happened to be published this past week. Yeah. We, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we cover all of the relevant stories, in particular the ones that have to do with your personal finances. Yeah, we filter a whole, money. whole lot of crap out so that you only have to hear the stuff that matters. It's and the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's, that's it, what we're doing today. We don't read everything, by the way. There's a lot of stuff that probably slips through our cracks. And so sure. if you ever find a cool story and you think it's interesting, oh, yeah, yeah. S- send it our way. Send it our way. <laughs> How to moneypod at gmail.com. Help, we, us, help us out. Yeah. <laughs> and do our research for us. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Matt, we've got a lot of stories to get to today. But real quick, I wanted to mention that uh give give a little round of applause applause. for my dad for my dad okay uh so he is like he and my mom are about to retire this spring they're getting close my dad already kind of retired but he's working part-time but uh, they're kind of like easing into those retirement years yeah but they're like all right where's the low-hanging fruit that we can where we can cut back as we get closer to retirement you got this fixed income right uh and it's unlikely you're going to re-enter the workforce although that's they could if they needed to right but tell them about this awesome website howtomoney.com <laughs> i i was like listen dad some of these things are i've been talking about it for a long time but he took some meaningful steps i will say over the past couple of weeks to really reduce some of the bills in his life and and one of the things i was shocked to see how much he saved on this well we've talked about how much uh, prices have gone up, how much rates have gone up on insurance, like home homeowners and car insurance. Mm-hmm. My dad. Car insurance in particular. Car insurance in particular. Shot up. He, so he is going to save $200 a month. A month. Holy cow. So like $2,400 in, a year. With uh, with car insurance? Or? With, with car insurance and home insurance together. I think, so his, his but it was mostly bundle. car insurance. I nice. think that was the Holy biggest, crap. by far the biggest savings. 2400 bucks. Yeah. 
dude, that, uh, yeah, that, yeah, right. I will. You were saying to uh, applaud earlier, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to clap for until I know what I'm clapping yeah, for. Yeah, no, so that's a lot of money, right? That I will clap for. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I just, and it just bears repeating for our listeners out there who, that that's always one of those low-hanging places where you can save, and especially right now when we're talking about just kind of an environment where rates are going up in a big way. Some of our listeners in the Facebook group have said that they, their rates have gone up like 38% in a year. Like, just I believe it. Insane. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but to see that, well, you know what? Insurers have all sorts of different ways that they that they come up with their rates, and not everybody has the same algorithm. In fact, they all have kind of like different algorithms, right? So They all got their own secret sauce. Yeah, so you might not be giving up a ton of coverage. You might be getting the same exact coverage. Coverage, but just saving a lot of money and so it's worth it's worth noting and it's one of those things where man if you can save that much money and even if it takes you a few hours of your time to do the shopping to make the phone calls and to make the switch it's like who, who doesn't have a few hours if it's worth a couple grand in a year so. yeah and in particular those are savings that you're going to be able to realize year after year uh, instead of getting penalized for being loyal yeah. to the company that you've been with Shop it around and you'll get to see that premium decrease. Yeah, mad, but, uh, mad props to my pops, by yeah. the way. And, and also, one other really? thing, we'll, we'll link to an article in the show notes about additional ways that you can save on insurance. Like, yeah, shopping around is one thing, but then asking for, there's a lot of discounts that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about. We'll link to that article too. That's right, man. Yeah, so let's get to our Friday flight. This is the quick sampling of the, the different stories that we found the most interesting this week. And uh, on Wednesday, actually, so we talked about negotiating your salary. That was one of the ways that you can maximize your income in 2023. Listen back if you hadn't already listened to that one. Uh, But what about negotiating for how much you pay for products? Consumer Reports, they had an excellent article this week about uh, which uh, big box appliance stores out there offer you the greatest ability to get a lower price just by asking for a better price. Uh, And first of all, if you are in the market for a major appliance, where it is that you shop matters when it comes to getting the best price as well as the best perks. ABT, which I've never even heard of before. (laughs) Evidently, they're up in the the upper Midwest. They are beloved by their customers. Uh, Costco, they ranked best for price overall and for some of those additional perks that I just mentioned for some of those extras like uh, delivery, They'll haul away your old appliance as well, yeah, which used to kind of be standard, but it's not anymore. So it, it, it does feel like a perk folks, now. Yeah, who who maintain that? Because uh, this often does it costs extra. So make sure to factor that in. We want to make sure that we are all paying the lowest amount overall. And man, that haul away service that they provide as well that that is clutch yeah. uh, in particular Especially if it's broke as a joke and like you have to pay to recycle it. It's typically. one thing if it's one thing if it kind of works and you can maybe unload it for like you know. Barely working fridge, 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the shelves are broken, <laughs> broken inside of it. But I'm specifically Sounds like think- you speak from personal experience, Matt. Yes. Ex- well, I'm thinking of being a landlord, the ability to have a company show up, haul off an old or completely broken appliance, install the new one. Oh my gosh, the ability just to be the middleman and coordinate the, okay, sounds like the guys are going to be there between two and four this afternoon. Yep. So your your tenant knows when to be there. They show up, haul off the old one, hook up the new one. Your tenant's happy. I'm happy. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, makes uh, it easier for you for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely. A lot of these, a lot of these guys now charge money for that additional Holloway. And and interestingly enough, Matt, uh, you know, you mentioned the negotiating for those products. Well, um, Home Depot, Lowe's, and Best Buy, uh, the Consumer Reports uh, said that 60-ish percent of folks who asked for a discount at those stores were able to get one, which is crazy. I was like, wow. 
That's a that's a lot of pretty people. Pretty impressive, especially who, considering that these are national brands. Yeah, right? that where you would not think that they would have a whole lot of flexibility. Exactly. But here's the rub: in that same survey, only twenty percent of folks were willing to ask for the discount. <laughs> so most people paid full freight. Uh, they paid the full uh, uh, sticker price of that item because they were too nervous to ask the question. But the folks who did, who put themselves in that slightly awkward situation, they ended up getting it. And what was the average savings according to Consumer Reports? $133. Nice. Which is not chump change, right? Yeah, that's, that's real uh, money, man. I mean, when you think about what's your hourly wage, you're like, how many hours would I have to work when you just have to ask this simple question and there's a decent chance that they're going to say yes. Like, how long would it take you to make $133 tax-free dollars, right? And and how awesome is it that you can keep that sum of money in your pocket just by asking a simple question? We should all be asking for discounts more regularly. That's for sure. Heck yeah. And yeah, there is an even higher percentage of success with more, like some of those regional companies or more independent stores as well because they obviously do have the most flexibility when it comes to the the prices that they can unload certain items for and also something else that you can negotiate on the uh, so the average internet bill is cresting 75 bucks you should also consider negotiating that bill down as well uh, oftentimes you start service with a, a company you get that new customer period of time where mm-hmm. it's like the honeymoon phase basically <laughs> right like they're they want to wine and dine you sort of like going back to the insurance example right they want you to be happy they want you to be warm and cozy with their with their company that way when they raise rates uh, you don't go anywhere yeah. right and so when it comes time to negotiating this bill first of all you need to make sure that you are armed with information uh, that's always going to give you a little more confidence in knowing that when you go and talk to your current internet service provider that you're, you've got hard facts. You can say that, hey, this is what so-and-so is charging. This is their rate, and this is the speed that they're offering. And be willing to walk, right? Because if they're not willing to match that, hopefully they do match it, because that's the easiest thing, mm-hmm. to not have to s- s- change your service. But also, I think it's important for us to all be willing to, to walk away, uh, knowing that, all right, well, if you're not going to offer me that, I can take my business elsewhere. For sure. Yeah, we actually just wrote an article up on the site about how to go about asking for a discount. And we talked about specific places where you're liable to get a discount. So we'll link to that one in the show notes as well. But Matt, let's talk about uh, drugs for a second. You're not supposed to do drugs unless they're prescription drugs. And even then, I don't know. The doctor says you should. Yeah, you got to be careful. If the the doctor says you should, then you should consider it. But uh, Prime Prime membership continues to become more expensive, right? I think it's $139 for a year now. It's not cheap. But Amazon, it feels like they have to justify that fee to their customers because, of course, they do. Or else you would walk away if you're not getting enough value for that Prime membership. But, uh, and they already offer a number of perks, right? You got the the music that you can listen to. There's, you know, a lot of uh, streaming uh, television and movie options on Amazon, Mm -hmm. but they're always looking to add more to make prime membership like this stickier proposition. And what's the latest on that front? Well, uh, they're expanding generic drug offerings. They, their new offering is called RX pass, and it's going to offer access to commonly prescribed medications for just $5 a month. And the average cost savings for the typical prime member could be in the hundred dollar range a year, according to the, the, VP of Amazon Pharmacy. Is the average consumer going to be able to save that much? <laughs> it depends, right? It depends on whether or not one of the, the 50 prescriptions they offer is something you take on a recurring basis and how much you normally pay for it now. But yeah, if you do take a couple of those drugs, then the value of paying for Prime just went up for you in all likelihood. You're going to want a comparison shop. And you're not going to want to just assume that this is best. But prescription drugs are typically kind of a, a thorn in our side price-wise. And it's also just nice to have it shipped to you for five bucks a month. That sounds pretty nice. And if it 
it's if you yeah, have it's going to save you money prime and, and even for folks who aren't currently prime members if they're like wait a second five of the drugs i take uh if you take a lot uh, uh, you know on a monthly basis are on this list boy that might have just made prime membership yeah. worth it right there it could be worth it but also keep in mind this is coming from the person sure. who's in charge their their livelihood is dependent on the success of the rx pass which, by the way, reminds me of like, is it the fast pass or whatever? It, it makes it, it almost makes it sound like you can get as many drugs as you can handle. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's not the case, but that's what I think of when I hear RX pass. It's just like, oh yeah, it's just like they're that handing, sounds fun. They're handing out generic drugs like candy. <laughs> uh, by the way, a new study that appeared in JAMA, that's the, the Journal of American Medical Association, uh, they found that the drug ads that we see on TV uh, that they're often not any better than the drugs that are already on the market. Now, 70% of the drugs that you see pitched, they have what's known as low therapeutic value. There's not much to be gained <laughs> by going with those uh, those name brand drugs as opposed to the generics. Interestingly enough, most other countries other than New Zealand, I think, have banned the sorts of uh, direct ads that we see from pharmaceutical companies. And uh, yeah, worth mentioning, because I think we'd all be happier. We'd probably be healthier too if we took a similar approach, but don't buy into the marketing hype. And you know what we'd recommend is to get those generics, You know whether it be through Amazon uh, or wherever it is that you can find those, they're gonna save you a boatload. And honestly, it's just dumb the way that uh, drugs are marketed here in the US. It's actually, so it's not dumb on the part of the pharmaceutical companies though, because they're making money. They wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't them uh, making a profit, right? And so really it's, it's dumb on us <laughs> as, as individuals to respond to that kind of advertising uh, as opposed to tuning it out and, and maybe going down the path that's going to be a little bit harder. Like, you know, you and I, we've talked about the obesity drugs that have recently have they been like officially approved? I think or whatever? so. Yeah. But for, I mean, for, for young teens. Yeah. But it's ridiculous that we are always looking for like quite literally the easy pill to take as opposed to doing like the things that are going to lead to more long term mm -hmm. overall health. Right. Yeah. Exercise, healthy diets, um, taking what's going to be maybe the harder path. That's going to take a little, a little bit more disciplined rather than thinking that we can take a drug to make us healthier. I mean, in the money better. realm, isn't that exactly kind of what cryptocurrency did uh, yeah. during COVID? Dude, basically, absolutely. there's a lot of people who were like, hey, how can I like supercharge my path? But if in I the just end, do this easy. Yeah. But in the end, it's, it's more like a stumbling block and it actually screws you, screws up your progress totally more than if you were to take the uh, slower but more proven route to success. Totally. Well, um, let's talk about financial planning for a second, Matt. Uh, the, the Times had an article this week about how financial planning is becoming more accessible, but they also said that this might not be a good thing. Why is that? Well, largely because there aren't uh, robust legal standards for calling yourself a financial planner. And the, the biggest is that there's still no legal requirement to be a fiduciary if you're calling yourself one, right? So which that basically means that your financial advisor doesn't have to do what's in your best interest, which sounds kind of scary, right? Hey, let me entrust you with all my money. Oh, you don't have to do what's in my best interest? Give it back, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's how I would feel about it. Uh, th there was a proposal to set that requirement in stone to make sure that everyone who calls himself a financial advisor has to be a fiduciary, but it didn't happen. This was a few years back. And so, yeah, there are a, a fair amount of financial advisors out there who have conflicts of interest. Should they invest your money in a way that nets them the largest return, or should they make sure that you're invested in what's best for you? Well, it's, it's a shame that this is even up for debate and that we don't have a more consumer-friendly standard still. But I think the Times you know, reinforces a great point, something we've always said on the show here, Matt, that if you are looking to hire a financial advisor, don't do it unless they're willing to sign a fiduciary oath to you. And if they're not, 
walk away. That's right. Yeah, it really is a big problem. It, it kind of gives the financial advisor, the, the financial planning community a black eye uh, because you get a few bad actors and all of a sudden and they kind of ruin the party for everyone. Uh, but there are ways to find a financial advisor who is a fiduciary and that's largely by going through some of the different networks out there who vet them. We in particular, we like XY planning network a whole lot. If you're looking for an advisor, that's definitely a great place to look. But it's also a good idea to question whether or not you need an advisor uh, before forking over your dollars for advice, even if it is to uh, a lovely fee-only financial advisor who does happen to be a fiduciary. Because while you know many financial advisors out there, they seem to be offering more and more services, they're obviously not free. <laughs> and oftentimes, they're not going to be cheap either. And so we think that there's a lot of sort of more DIY steps that you can take before you get to that stage. So whether that's reading a book or even hiring a money coach just for a couple of hours of their time, that can oftentimes offer a better payback in many circumstances, as opposed to saying, all right, financial advisor, you're a fiduciary, sign me up. You you are now my person. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's amazing how just like a, a financial coach or a budgeting coach, they're so much cheaper, but oftentimes that's the kind of handholding that people need, not the full-fledged financial advisor who comes with all the bells and whistles, right? many of which you don't even need. Yeah. Oftentimes you just need someone to walk alongside you. And that's oftentimes what those different financial coaches out there are able to provide. For sure. All right, Matt, we've got more to get to, including man, scams apparently on one of your favorite social media sites are through the roof and those scams could part you from your money. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers 
and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, man, let's keep the Friday flight rolling. This is our sampling of the different stories that we came across this week. And you just alluded to the the rise in scams. I was just thinking we should have called that segment Scamster's Paradise. <laughs> I think we've you made like, way too many Coolio puns, though, on this show already. <laughs> right, I didn't know if you'd like that. Maybe not, not this episode, but just on the show not, over definitely time. Not this, yeah, not this particular episode. But let's get to our ludicrous headline of the week. This is from the New York Post, uh, and the headline reads, I went on six dates a week and didn't have to buy groceries for two years. <laughs> Uh, this comes from a, a, a TikTok influencer out there who admits that she actually embellished her ability to save money on food uh, by going out with a ton of guys over the, the course of a couple of years. The article and in some of her quotes actually were way less offensive than that actual headline. But that being said, this, this segment, it's all about ludicrous headlines. <laughs> so, Joel, what do you think? Uh, was this person, was, was this influencer, was she being frugal or cheap to try and go on as many dates as possible in order to... To lower her, her food budget. Okay. I'm going to say cheap. I'm going to say it's cheap. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I think... Coming down hard. All right. I'm sorry. I am. And, and I'm, I was glad when I actually read the article and I was like, okay, she's not completely taking advantage of people to the tune of what this headline made it seem like. But I think uh, if you are truly trying to find love and the other person offers to pay for your meal, if you're going on dates, that's totally fine. Like if that's generous and you should take somebody up on their generosity. But to me, it's kind of like preying on someone's generosity. Oh. If you are just going on uh, date after date after date, you're not really trying to establish a meaningful relationship with someone. You're just in it for like the, the free food. In it for the grub. The free drinks. <laughs> that feels to me, that feels cheap and that feels, it feels uncool. Well, isn't that what it, what it's like when you sign up, well, like when you write your email down at like some sort of like festival and there's tents and they're like, Hey, just give us your email and we'll, uh, we'll give you this free blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever it is like you've got no intention of actually signing up for their service you know you've got zero intention but you're willing to go ahead and do, jump through this little hoop in order to receive the free but that's good. A, that's a willing exchange right there and oh. if the person know the person oh. might know well i guess the argument that i'm making is that this chick isn't necessarily making guys go out with her claiming that she is interested i guess sort of what you said is true it comes down to her intention because if her intention is to only go out with guys because she wants to be able to, to, to get free meals. And she's like, where are we going tonight? Oh, McDonald's? Yeah, I'm yeah, sick. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to hold up for this other it. guy who's taking me to the steakhouse. Yeah, if she's just doing it for the food, then obviously she's being cheap. But as long as, long as she's open to the idea of entering into a relationship, like if she was already dating a dude and was going, <laughs> <laughs> going out with other guys, obviously that would be super cheap. But as long as she's open to like finding the right one that it, honestly even if she wasn't open to it right because like, I could see someone being like you know what I am not looking for finding a life partner right now you never know what happens though you might sit down with a dude and you're like oh my gosh this guy's actually like we're really hitting it off boom you're with him for a few years maybe you get married you found Mr. Right yeah and so I th it does come down to intentions but I think 
even if her intentions aren't in the right place, I think there's still the possibility because guys know that, right? Like they know that there's a chance that this, you know, maybe she's into me, maybe she's not, but that's sure, a, part, first that's a part of the game. You never know what's going to happen, right? You and never you never know. know. I mean, it, granted, it's been a long time since I've been on a first date, Matt, but you often offer to pay. You know, there's a risk involved. And you know there's a risk involved yeah. that, that there's a chance you never see this person again and that you're out 50, 80, 100 bucks or whatever, whatever you're spending on dinner, which by the way, makes me think about this other article I saw in the Wall Street Journal, just I think towards the end of last year about cheap dates and how they're kind of coming back into vogue. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is good news. Uh, it seems like people are, are less willing to spend big bucks on the first date. And uh, it makes more sense, too, to spend a fair amount less on those dates. Because you never know what if you're not willing to yeah. accept that risk. And you might be going on a date with a, a serial dater who only wants the free food. <laughs> and so you got to protect your finances even when you're out there dating. And I think uh, I, I like to see this trend. because If you're just going out to coffee or you're going out for a beer or you go out for lunch, I think those are better options for saving or just just meeting up at the local park and taking a stroll yeah. like frugal dates don't have to be bad dates and so I, I want this trend to continue and how to money listeners like if you're out there in the dating pool uh, try to avoid people who are only taking advantage of you <laughs> for free food and the one way to do that is to see who's genuine by uh, going on less expensive there but still intentional and wonderful dates where it makes it more about the relationship and yeah. less about what you're getting out of the relationship which or about getting to know someone yeah yeah absolutely it's about that dynamic between the two of you as opposed to the goods yeah. right which so let's like I want to make another case for this girl like let's flip the table a little bit because I think there's a lot of dudes who do the exact same thing in a different kind of way, right? Yeah. Like they're not necessarily out there looking for like, okay, she's not really wife material, but these there's tons of dudes out there who are just looking to hook up. And in the same way, does that mean you opt to not be on the different uh, apps and platforms altogether. Well, I think that's up to the individual to decide, but to know that that's the, a possibility. Uh, and not just dudes. I mean, girls do the same thing as well yeah. when it comes to how Hook long of term. Yeah, and just the kind of relationships that they're looking for. But I don't know. We don't want to, we don't need to keep, <laughs> keep going down not the relationship corner. I mean, uh, we could start a new, like, a spinoff show, man. We could, like, give dating all, advice all about dating from advice. two old guys who don't know anything <laughs> about it. But that's definitely something we, we should, we should <laughs> do. Uh, let's quickly discuss the story that's the opposite of a ludicrous headline. And let's talk about a, a company. Let's give them some props for doing business the right way. The Journal, they profiled a small olive oil company that apologized to its customers via email. Uh, and so, you, you know, your parents, they probably told you that honesty, it's always the best policy. But most businesses tend to dodge that advice <laughs> when they make a mistake. Uh, and this company, I think it's so Graza. Is I it think so. Graza. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How it's, a, it's, it's a tiny olive oil startup. Uh, they shipped a bunch of badly packaged items, many of which arrived after Christmas, which was a problem for folks who were planning to give the, uh, the olive oil as a gift. But the CEO's email, uh, it was titled Learning from Our Mistakes. Evidently, it was well-received by customers because you know he apologized, he addressed the problems head-on, he took full responsibility, mm -hmm. uh, and guess what? Authenticity worked in this case. It actually deepened the connection that many of those let-down customers had with the brand. He even offered, apparently, like a coupon code for people who are impacted, and a lot of people said, listen, I'm going to order from you again, but I'm not going to use the coupon code because I so appreciate your apology. Yes, exactly. And Being upfront, honest, taking responsibility like that, I mean... 
we bash on companies a good bit. And so it's fun to kind of highlight a company who's doing the right thing, who's mm-hmm. taking responsibility like that. And that's a drum that we beat all the time, right? Like personal responsibility. But hopefully that uh, you can take this on a personal level. You can be encouraged to know that, you know what, sometimes uh, we don't need to kind of dodge and try to navigate our ways away from conflict as opposed to just you know facing those things head yeah. on. And hey, my honest. bad, my fault. Sometimes yeah. if you just admit it, it diffuses things so much more quickly. And it's just nice to see a business do the right thing it kind and, of I mean, it makes me want to go out there and buy some of this olive oil. Do oh, I you, thought you were going to say it makes you want to apologize. What are you going to apologize for, man? I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you like olive oil? So I mean, I mean, I we cook with olive oil sometimes. We, I, I will say, I was looking at their branding and their squeeze bottles. It's really cool. Looking. They're so cool. I was yeah. like, okay, I might want to get some olive oil from it's these the guys now. It's the same bottle. Also because they're nice. It's the same bottle that my Japanese barbecue sauce comes in. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's like the plastic tube with a little like mustard style top yeah. and twist up or whatever. Um, literally last night, uh, I was cooking dinner and we had some oven roasted, like those little white creamy potatoes uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about, like yeah. with a real thin skin. Had roasted some of those and we busted out some truffle olive oil, finishing oil for the first time. Oh, there ever. you go. Do you like truffles? Is that from Costco? I think it was from Aldi. Kate okay. picked it up at Aldi. She oh. knows that I, I really like truffles. I don't know if I like truffles. I don't oh, know if like, I'm fancy enough to have had them. You've had truffle, like truffle Oh, I guess I've had before. like a little bit, yeah. It's that stinky. Yeah, it's not my favorite. It's like a stinky garlicky kind of, oh man, I love it. <laughs> sometimes folks are like, it's described sometimes as stinky feet. Yeah. I'm into that, so... You a creep like that. So, <laughs> well, let's move on, Matt. Let's talk about scams here because, in case people were worried that the world is just too nice a place and there's too many businesses doing the right thing by, <laughs> by everyone, no, that's not quite the case. In Facebook Marketplace, they actually saw a hundred and eighty-five percent increase in the number of folks who got taken advantage of on their site. So, it's worth taking a minute to quickly outline maybe how a bunch of these scams work when you're in Marketplace because we've talked about how it's one of the best ways to buy and sell used items. It's especially for bigger items that are that are more difficult. Yeah, to that ship. you can't ship and yeah. that you you don't want to sell on eBay. But most of these scams involve either a seller receiving fake payments for an item they've listed or a buyer who made a legitimate payment for an item that they're looking to score, but then the seller never delivers the goods or they go silent. Yeah, they get, get ghosted. Yeah, but part of the problem is that you made that payment from afar. You didn't go see the item in person. Evidently, this happens uh, a decent bit with fake home or apartment rentals which used to happen on Craigslist, but now that scam has moved to Facebook Marketplace. But the landlord accepts a deposit. And by landlord, I put that in quotation marks. They're not the real <laughs> landlord, but they accept a deposit ahead of time. Then they never show up at your new place because it's not actually their place. They stole the pictures. And the same thing is true with pets, right? We're an excited uh, potential pet parents. They're willing to pay a, a chunk of change for a new puppy, but then they never hear back from the seller. And it's super sad. We don't want you to fall prey to these scammers. And it seems like there's just more and more scams happening. And Facebook's having a a tough time tamping down on them. That's true. Yeah. And unfortunately, this seems to be an instance, I think, where where technology, it's only exacerbating the situation. Again, responsibility, I think it ultimately rests with us as individuals. But some of the different payment apps out there like Zelle, they sure do make it easy to send payments before a victim has fully thought through what it is they're doing. Right, like, like they're not thinking of scams. They just want to adopt that that Frenchie, that French bulldog. <laughs> um, and especially on Facebook, it can just be so easy for a scammer to set up a profile with pictures and information. You know, it's like, oh, I see their smiling face. Oh, is that a picture of the kid uh, or their family? It's like, oh, I trust this person. They look like a, a really upstanding person that they're willing to trust, rather than someone they should be slightly skeptical of, right? Like that, where there should maybe be some slight suspicion, or at the very least, they should maybe perform some due diligence. Uh, so the easiest way to avoid all of this headache is just to always make sure to see uh, or to hold that item that you're looking to buy in real life 
before you pay. Meet up in person. Do it somewhere public. And if you are the seller, if you're trying to unload some stuff, you're trying to maybe you're thinking about doing some spring cleaning. Make sure that you've actually received payment in whatever app that you're using. I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to using some of the different apps. It makes life a lot easier. But just don't trust uh, an email notification because oftentimes that's how some of these scams work. That person will send an email that is impersonating Zelle or Cash mm. App or Venmo. And it says, oh, so this much money has been deposited into your account from this person. And it happens to be the exact amount that you just sold that item for. But they just had that sent over. But that money hasn't actually uh, shown up in your account. Make sure that that money shows up. Or better yet, you can just use cash. It's certainly an argument to keep some of that cash around because folks oftentimes are unsure of how am I going to deposit cash that I receive with my online bank? Well, don't. Just kind of hang on to some petty cash yeah. that, that allows you to give a couple bucks to the neighborhood lemonade stand or the hot chocolate stand that the kids are doing. But also it allows you to buy some of these smaller items that you can buy used via somewhere like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, we still like Facebook Marketplace because there's really nothing equivalent to it, especially when you're looking for things locally that That's are yeah. larger, right? Like uh, Craigslist still is around, but... It's the worst. Yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> what it used to be. Not that it was great to begin with, but yeah, I think Facebook is still worth using. You just have to use those precautions to make sure you don't get taken advantage of, you don't lose money so that you're not a victim of one of these scams that are proliferating. But Matt, let's talk about work from home for a second. Like last week, we talked about Disney, how their old slash new CEO, he's you know back back into action. Uh, he, he's calling for workers to return to the office four days a week. And that trend, we said we think it's going to accelerate. And it turns out just a lot more information came out this week showing that that's what's going to happen, right? Um, a lot of workers aren't going to be happy about this because another stat just came out this week showing that work working from home saves the average person 72 minutes of commute time every single day. That's a whole lot of your life, yeah, back in your life, and it's it's. But again, the ability to listen to podcasts, yeah, I kind of treasure the time that I have <laughs> to your, be able to your listen. Ten to, minute bike commute in. <laughs> I mean, yes, honestly, like luckily, we're like we're able to bike you and I both. But the ability to kind of have some of that personal time to either listen to an audiobook or yeah. listen to a podcast. As long, I don't mind driving as long as I'm not sitting in traffic. And yeah. so I think, but the it problem like is a lot of that commuting is sitting well, in traffic, like we, we talked, talked about, about with congestion. Yeah, we talked about last week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, the, the, the truth is remote jobs are dwindling. So uh, the, these a lot of CEOs are saying, come on back four days a week minimum. But uh, at the same time, there are fewer remote jobs being posted on basically all the job sites, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Indeed, and ZipRecruiter. They're dropping like rock. There's just fewer fewer of them, more of the jobs being posted. They're being pickier about wanting you to come in on the reg. And so remote work, it's certainly not extinct. We don't want to give that impression. But if you're dead set against having a commute, but you're also looking for a new job, just know you're going to have fewer options to choose from. Yeah. And new stats have also come out about how engaged workers are in their job. Uh, and so if you're one of the, the growing number of actively disengaged folks at your workplace, it might be time to... Why'd you to, look at me when you said that, man? <laughs> to find find another job, to find something else. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Wednesday's episode, you can likely use not liking your job to find something that's going to be more fulfilling, that also pays more. Don't sit around doing something that you don't enjoy doing. Find something that is going to give your life some more meaning, and you might have to go into the office. But hey, if it's an employer that's got a, a solid culture where you're able to meet some new folks, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and those are that's always an important question to ask. Like, what kind of, what kind of employer is this and what do they expect what's the work-life balance like and and that's where reading reviews about that employer on a site like glassdoor can be helpful can give you some information so you don't end up oh yeah the salary is great and they want me to come in but man 
everybody hates these, it here. These aren't my people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to sign up for that. So, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode, though. Uh, we will put links to all the stuff we mentioned in our show notes up on our site at howtomoney.com. That's right. And we're talking about work. But on Monday, we are talking with a guest and we're going to talk about the opposite of work. We're going to be talking all about travel, specifically We're talking about frugal travel, how you can do it on the cheap. I'm looking forward to that one. But we hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. And Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.